Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello and welcome to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff and joining me in just a moment is my friend and professional NHL better. You know him in the industry as So Money Sports and So Money. We have a busy Thursday night to preview, but as always, we will start with an underdog. And this time around, I'm going to kick it off. I like the Detroit Red, Red Wings. They're plus 150 on the road against the St. Louis Blues. who are coming back at minus 175. Uh, I think this number would be fair if St. Louis was at full strength, which they are not. They just lost Ville Husso in their last win. He is their backup goalie who has been playing well. That that win, by the way, was a, a game that he kept them in uh, against the Florida Panthers. They were outchanced by a wide margin against the Panthers. They were playing down a man because of salary cap issues, COVID issues, and injuries. And those issues, they might be lightened for uh, Thursday night, but they won't go away. Plus we might see Charlie Lindgren in goal. So I like Detroit. I would bet it down to plus 140. And I think the Red Wings, like they're going to start trending down over the long term of the season, but I just think this is too good a number to pass up right now. Do you see anything on this game? Yeah, so this is a this is an interesting game here. Um, as as always, we need the goalie confirmation for the Wings. Um, I'm assuming uh, Grice is going to go here. Uh, for the Blues, it does look like that Charlie Lindgren um, is going to start in net, and he's going to be backed up by John Gillies, who played uh, four AHL games and one ECHL game this year. Joel Hofar was, he did play a couple of games for them this season, but, and I'm sure he would have been the next man up, but he can't be called up because, um, because his contract bonuses would get the Blues over the cap. So the Blues are down to their fourth stringer in a sense here. Um, and through this stretch, the Blues have been fortunate in the results and the points they've been getting. I do have them as an over team right now. And I think there is a good chance that this game could turn into a wide open affair, but I will need the goaltender confirmed if we are... I'm looking at Grace, then I will be looking at the over here. All right, so let's take a look at the rest of the board. Like I said, a busy, busy night uh, in the NHLs. And we'll start with what might not be a marquee matchup, but an interesting one nonetheless. The Anaheim Ducks, they're traveling to Columbus. This game is sitting at a pick right now. The over-under is uh, six. It's a 7 p.m. puck drop. Anaheim coming off a win in Buffalo on Tuesday night. I think that this number is adjusted too much. The Ducks actually, when this line first popped, were plus money. I would have played them at plus 105 or better. But now that it's moved to 110, I think I'm going to pass on this one. Uh, How about you? So for now, I will pass. Um, We have touched on the Jackets uh, becoming an over team here as uh, Merzlikens has been struggling and their penalty killing is trending downwards. Uh, We've also discussed how the um, Ducks have developed into an over team. The over didn't work out for me against Buffalo, but we generally don't change our plans after one game. So depending on the number, um, I'm still looking at the over in this game, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what that number comes in at. The Jackets to me are a team that I will look to at bigger numbers, but at this type of price, I just can't even at home against the team that before the season you would have viewed as an equal. Now, obviously that opinion has changed. The Ducks have proven to be better, but Columbus is having a real tough time driving play. 46% expected goal rate on the season, 45% goal shared five on five. So just a team that they're not as good as their reputation, even though their reputation isn't that strong, if that makes sense. 
All right, we'll move on to the next matchup. The Chicago Blackhawks traveling to Montreal to take on the Habs. Chicago, minus 130 road favorites with the Habs coming back, plus 110. The over-under at five and a half. Another 7 p.m. puck drop. Chicago's also taken some money already in the early betting. They were minus 105 when this market first opened in the morning. They're now minus 130. Once again, I agree with that line movement. I was looking to play Chicago. I was trying to maybe if if they moved to even money, I would have played Chicago. But like the Blue Jackets, like another team that their play driving ability makes me a little uncomfortable backing them at minus 130. 37% goal share, five on five, 45% expected goal share. But the Habs have just been really, really bad. They are the worst expected goal team in the NHL over the last month and the second worst defensively in terms of preventing expected goals. So I'm going to stay away from this one. How about you? So uh, Fleury is going to be uh, going for his 500th win here in, in Montreal. I would expect Fleury to get the start against Jake Allen. Um, a note that I've made in this game here is the uh, emotional toll of the Truba hit on, on Kara. Usually these kind of things, they don't carry forward. But during the game, you could see the turn, that game turn with all the emotion that was drained out of the Hawks from that point. Even after the game, the team did reference that hit and the inability to get their emotions back afterwards. Uh, the team did cancel uh, Wednesday's practice and they cited more time required. Um, so monitoring the vibe of the Hawks camp will be important heading into this game. We have touched on the Hawks profiling as an under team now and even though the scoreboard says they gave up six against the Rangers, I didn't score the game that way. The Habs are having trouble defensively lately with the chances they're giving up but I do think that this could turn into a tight game if we get Flurry and Allen. I will be looking at playing the under in this matchup. And now we'll move on to what is definitely the marquee matchup of the night. The Tampa Bay Lightning plus 115 road underdogs taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs who are coming back at minus 135 at the moment. The over under here is set at six. These are two teams that are very good at five on five. Tampa Bay 54% expected goal rate. Toronto 55%. That's top six for both of them. Their goal shares both in that same range and We've touched on it uh, since we started the show. Toronto has been trending towards being an over team, finally starting to cash in on their chances. But Tampa Bay, as we've alluded to, is, is a really, really good defensive team. They're very good at keeping games tight and they are an under team. So for me, I like uh, Tampa Bay because I think this game is close to a coin flip, especially with Marner, Sandine and Spezza out for the Leafs. It's Tampa Bay or nothing for me, but I, I am curious of your opinion here on the total because of the way you've seen these two teams trend over the season. Yeah, so uh, we did talk about the Leafs um, increasing their offensive output lately, which they have done. So that doesn't really come as a surprise uh, because of the offense they've been generating all season. But I run into some some bad luck, and they're also they've also been getting production throughout their lineup. That said, <laughs> the recent offensive outburst it has been against a struggling Merzlikens, the Wild, who gave up a lot, to, who gave up a lot defensively. Jonas Johansson and a Ducks team that has transitioned into an over team. So I'm not taking anything away from the Leafs because we did expect some goals in their games, but just providing some context. And now they are stepping up in class against an elite defense and and the best goaltender in the world. So these factors um, combined with, I think that the price on the over is going to start becoming a little inflated on the Leafs games. Um, we have to start looking back the other way now. So I will be looking at the under in this game. Um, I would suspect that uh, it should be Campbell against uh, Vasilevsky. Another matchup featuring an under team. The New York Islanders are minus 125 home favorites against the Nashville Predators, who are plus 105. The number actually has come down on the Islanders since this opened as well. They, they're around minus 115 with the Preds at minus 105 at some books. The over-under set at five, one of two games on the slate at five. This is a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. The Islanders got off their 11-game losing streak with a win over 
the Ottawa Senators on Tuesday night. It's really funny. They're an interesting team. And yes, I'm an Islanders fan. So I will uh, say that right off the bat, just for transparency's sake. But we really don't know what this team is, even 20, 22 games into the season, just because they started with the 13 game road trip. Then they had the COVID and injury bad luck. And it's just been a complete mess. So I really don't know if anybody out there has a true value on the Islanders right now because their metrics are poor. But if you go back the past three years under Trot, this team, which has been yeah a little bit changed with the absences of Nick Letty and Jordan Eberle from last season, like their numbers shouldn't drop off this precipitously from where they were last year. They are a team that does get great goaltending from Ilya Sorokin, especially. So they're just a funny team to handicap. The market has continually like priced them as short favorites against teams that you think that they would be much longer, uh, excuse me, much shorter prices against, including the senators the other night. It's funny, you know, you have a plan for a team going into a season, then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. And now nobody really knows how to handle them. They're definitely the outlier, I think, in the the league right now. That said, the Predators are playing on the first night of a back-to-back here. So we could see David Riddich, big save Dave in. And if the Predators do play him, I like the Islanders at minus 125 or better. If it's Saros, I'm going to wait to see if I can get the Islanders at plus money as long as Ilya Sorokin is going the other way. And by the way, the Predators, they have a reputation in a lot of preseason previews the past couple of seasons. You'll hear people label them as one of the most mediocre teams in the NHL. Their underlying metrics bear that out. They're 50% in terms of goal share at 5 on 5, 50% expected goals, and 50% in Corsi, which is shot share. So yes, bang average Nashville Predators. But a team you like to bet the under on, especially if you Saros goes, and I have a feeling... That's where you're leaning this time. Yeah, so my first thought on this game was that uh, did the Islanders actually score five goals in a game? Um, <laughs> it, it, it usually takes them two weeks worth of games to accomplish that feat. But yeah, they all credit to them. They scored five in a game. Um, I didn't think their win was that impressive considering they were playing the Sens on a back-to-back, but they did look better defensively. And that and that does say a lot uh, just based on where the Islanders have been with the defensive issues that have surprisingly plagued them all season un- under trot. So I think that the Islanders' unders could be back on the table. Of course, um, in order to look at the under here, we do need to confirm that Saros is going to be in, in net. He was a surprise scratch on Tuesday. It is uh, non-COVID related, and the expectation is that he will be ready for Thursday. Um, so we'll need confirmation on that first, uh, but we might be headed towards an under here. Yeah, five goals for the Islanders. I couldn't, I was like rubbing my eyes. There was actually a man in the crowd who was also going nuts. All right, we'll move on to the Carolina Hurricanes. They're minus 105, short road underdogs against the Calgary Flames, who are minus 115. This is an interesting game between two teams with dynamic five-on-five metrics. The Hurricanes, 62% goal share, 53% expected goal share. And then Calgary at 63% in terms of goal share and 55% in expected goal rate. And their numbers over the last 10 have have been sparkling in both of those metrics as well. However, I think with Carolina dealing with some injuries slash COVID issues on the back end and Andrei Svechnikov's been banged up, we know Tony D'Angelo won't play. And also due for a little bit of defensive regression, I think that this is a good number on Calgary. I bet it to like minus 125, especially with them at home. So give me the flames here. Uh, What about you? I've actually had a lot of fun um, working working on this game, um, just because of the of the dichotomy between the two teams right now. So the Hurricanes have established themselves as an over team uh, for me right now, considering how much they generate offensively, but also how much they give up. With as you mentioned, a couple of guys out on the, on their defense. 
The Flames trend well defensively, even through Tuesday's pickup against the against the Sharks. Daryl Sutter uh, roasted his defense after the game, saying that they played it like, like an exhibition game. So I mean, I, good old Daryl Sutter, he's always good for a for a solid quote. Of, of course, I'm high on Sutter in general, and I do have more faith in the Flames right now to tighten it up. I, I agree with you. I will be looking at the Flames. I'm assuming Markstrom starts, which would get me on the Flames here. For me too. It, it would have to be Markstrom to make the play. Uh, speaking of two teams that are very interesting, you know, styles make fights. That's the old saying in the boxing world. And this one certainly fits that bill is the Boston Bruins are plus 105 underdogs on the road in Edmonton, who are minus 125. The over-unders at six, a 9 p.m. puck drop in Alberta. Boston is first in expected goals against first in shot attempts allowed, but 16th in goals allowed. A lot of that speaks to going from a great goalie like Tuka Rask to, I would say, slightly below average goaltending from Jeremy Swayman and uh, Linus Olmark. I'm giving them more of a pass than I think most of the betting community is right now because it does take a little bit of time for both of them to adjust Olmark to a new team, to a new system, and then Swayman to becoming a full-time NHLer. He is a rookie. Uh, however, I do have more confidence in Swayman, and I think he's got a little bit of a higher ceiling. That said, Edmonton provides an interesting challenge here because they should give Boston a chance to experience some positive regression offensively. They're 27th in expected goals allowed, but uh, we know how good they are offensively, obviously, with McDavid and Dreisaitl. So strength against strength, weakness against weakness here. I would look right now towards Edmonton just because I think with Boston playing on a back-to-back, Charlie McAvoy looks like he will play on Wednesday night, but he's been banged up. Obviously, Patrice Bergeron's been banged up a little bit. So I just think that this price is a little bit too rich on Boston. I expect it to move towards Edmonton, but I think, you know, minus 120, minus 125, I would be interested in the Oilers for the second straight night. How about you? So I don't have much going on in this game right now. Um, I I will pass on it. I need more clarity on what the Bruins lineup looks like. Uh, The Oilers have been struggling lately as we've seen Koskinen revert back to last year's form. I think we might see Skinner here in net, which is another aspect of this game that we'll need to keep an eye on. So until we get the Oilers goalie, until we get kind of some clarity on the Boston team, um, I will be passing on this game. We'll stay out West. We got the Winnipeg Jets traveling to Seattle. Winnipeg minus 120 short road favorites. Seattle, even money at home. The over-under here is set at six. The Jets are a good offensive team. They're top 10 in expected goals for a mediocre defensive team this season, but their underlying metrics are so much better than they were over the past couple of seasons under Paul Maurice, where they were a team that would struggle to drive play, but relied heavily on some, some elite skill, uh, some elite finishing and great goaltending from Connor Hellebuck to get by and get results. That's starting to shift towards having you know better play driving numbers and still getting good goaltending and good finishing uh, on offense. Meanwhile, the Seattle Kraken, uh, the fourth best teams in terms of expected goals allowed, but 32nd in goals allowed at five on five, which is very interesting just because of the way that they set up in the expansion draft and the offseason where they went, made it clear they were going to build from the back to the front. They targeted Chris Dreger and Philip Grubauer as goaltenders who we all thought were, yeah, these are good NHL goaltenders, Grubauer especially. He was a Vezina candidate last year. That has not worked out for them as Grubauer has completely sunk their first quarter of the season with with some terrible metrics but the team also is struggling to create offense which we all assumed would happen they're 29th and creating expected goals I think Winnipeg is worth a shot here at minus 120 I want to go any higher than that I just think that this is a tough matchup for the Kraken they're not the team that's going to expose Winnipeg's mediocre to pedestrian defense Uh, meanwhile 
if Grubauer and Dreger continue to, to struggle, I'll take some shots against them over the season, even at numbers that a couple of weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have bet. Uh, so I'll take Winnipeg minus 120 or better. Uh, what about you? So Seattle's a fascinating case study for me this year. Um, let's let's touch on the Jets first. Um, they're they're on the first leg of a back-to-back, so we do need the goalie confirmation. I'm assuming that Hellebuck will get Seattle and Comrie will get the Canucks on Friday. Um, and th- yeah, th- so with, with Seattle, speaking of goalies, I think at this point, we need to be open to the idea that Grubauer just may not regain his form this season. Uh, we spoke about this last time where goalie evaluation year over year can just change drastically. Um, it's important to refer to your priors, but this position can be extremely fickle at times. Also with the Jets, ever since Paul Maurice switched up his lines, uh, they have been profiling as an over team for me. Um, they're still giving up a lot and Hellebuck has not fully found his form yet um, although he, I, I can see that he's slowly starting to get there with Seattle they should get their guys readjusted back into the lineup the Kraken even if they got average goaltending I think that they would be they'll be pretty good uh, they they actually profile very well defensively uh, but their goaltending has just um, completely let them down so at this point I think that we need to look at um, overs in their games until we or if we see Grubauer turning it around yeah, it's so funny because you look at their numbers and like you said, great defensive team and everything besides the goaltending to me screams, this is a team that should be undervalued because their numbers, their play driving numbers are really not that bad for a team with this record, but it's just really hard to ignore what's going on in the blue paint uh, for Seattle in their expansion season. So yeah, that's why, yeah, I'll lean towards the Jets here. Hopefully they can get some margin. Uh, but like you said, it depends uh, if Hellebuck does start. If he does, I'm in. Then we will go to our least favorite team in the NHL, the Minnesota Wild. They're minus 150 at the Shark Tank. The San Jose Sharks are plus 130 coming off that win against the Flames on Tuesday night. The over-under is set at 6, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, puck drop. Yeah, San Jose has been driving pipe at a pretty good rate. The last 11 games are 54% expected goals rate. They're just below 50% on the season, but they've been much better than I think people expected them to be. Eric Carlson's been really good on the back end. They're getting good goaltending from James Reimer. Aiden Hill, not really there yet, but still much, much better than what we've seen from San Jose in the past uh, when they had Devin Dubnik and Martin Jones just letting in any shot that found their way towards them. Uh, so I think San Jose at 130 is a good enough number there at home. And I, I do expect at some point, whether it's this year or seven years from now, the Minnesota Wild will regress back towards where I think that they should be. They're scoring almost 1.75 goals above expected in the past month. Like it's just this team. I know that they're good. Like I'll readily admit that I underestimated them coming into the season. However, their finishing shouldn't be this high. I don't think when you look at that, the talent on the roster and Jared Spurge has been out for a while. I just, I just can't deal with it. So I'll take my medicine again by going against the wild, unfortunately. So give me San Jose plus plus one thirty. It's going to suck. What about you? Yeah. So you you did a, you did touch on this. So like the, the drop off between Reimer and Hill, it's, um, it's, it's, it's very significant right now. Um, we do need to get confirmation about um, with, with who's going to be in goal for, for the Sharks. We did expect Reimer to start on Tuesday against the Flames, but um, he still wasn't feeling well enough to start. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I'll probably pass on this game, not surprisingly, unless if we get a Kakanen um, Hill start. Um, in that case, I will be looking at the over um, depending on the price. The final game on the slate, the Dallas Stars, they will be on the second night of a back-to-back. They are taking on the Los Angeles King. Dallas right now, minus 135, 
Los Angeles plus 115. The over-under, the other over-under here that's set at five. This is a 10.30 p.m. puck drop at the Staples Center. I don't know if it's changed its name yet, but I'll still refer to it as Staples Center for now. I would look kings or nothing here. I'm, I'm, I don't have a play at this number. How about you? Yeah, so I'm going to be passing for now. Um, I think that we need to wait until the Wednesday night game, uh, the, the Dallas-Vegas game, and then uh, that'll give us a better idea about where we'll be going here. I suspect the Kings will be going with Quick, which um, this season has been an upgrade for them. So um, for now, I'll pass uh, pending pending more, more information on this game. Yeah, Jonathan Quick is another goaltender who just is more evidence that the position is so volatile. He's been way below average for the past couple of seasons. And Cal Peterson looked like he was trending towards being a pretty solid goaltender in his own right. The Kings gave him a contract extension and oh, look what's happened. They have kind of switched uh, spots and now Quick is the clear number one in LA again. And Peterson is a downgrade to the uh, former Olympian. So it's just, it just goes, and it's just such a headache of a position. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. And on that note, we will go to our favorite bets of Thursday night, December 9th in the NHL. I like the Calgary Flames. I would play them, you know, minus 120, minus 125 or better. This is a team that is just doing a great job driving play. Yeah, they're coming off a loss to San Jose. But as you said earlier, Daryl Sutter was quick to point that out to his team in the way that he can only do. I expect them to bounce back. This is a team I trust them. I trust them as long as Jacob Markstrom's in, I trust this team to get the job done. And I I view them basically as equals with uh, Carolina, with the lineup that they'll be forced to put out there with Tony D'Angelo and some other guys missing. Plus Carolina's defensive numbers have, have suffered a bit. Calgary's been remained pretty consistent. I'll take the Flames at home as a slight favorite. Right now they're minus 115. I would play it, like I said. Uh, I think minus 125 would be a good cutoff point there. And what is your favorite bet for Thursday night? My favorite bet is going to be the under in the Tampa Bay Toronto game. Uh, We did touch on those reasons earlier. Um, As long as we get um, Campbell against Vasilevsky, which I I think we should, um, I will be on the under in that game. And with that, we wrap up another episode of Line Change. We thank you for listening. Good luck on Thursday night. And we will see you next week for... Tuesday, December 14th slate. For so many sports, I'm Michael Lieboff. Until next time.